0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're very welcome to the Brendan Option. Coming to you courtesy of Immaculata Productions, I'm Father Brendan Kilcoyne. Uh, if you like our work, would you hit the subscribe button? Consider sending us a few quid via Patreon or PayPal. Uh, keep the comments coming, and above all, remember us in your prayers. I suppose I wanted to talk today about a subject that's... Um, really not very fashionable, which come to think of it as pretty much all the subjects I talk about, we felt that we probably should uh, muse a little on the subject of obedience, yeah? And a little bit on the on the the notion of church leadership, the the structure of the church hierarchy and all the rest of it. It's coming up a lot again and again. Let me, let me begin... Let me let me frame this by telling you something that is really beginning to annoy me. Okay? I mean it is beginning to get on my gut. I don't like it when people deliberately and insolently refer to the Holy Father as bergoglio. Bergoglio papacy. Bergoglio this, bergoglio that. And then... When they're pulled up on it, they say, but no, the Italians always did that. That's partly true. But none of the people doing it are Italian. And I can't help but note that. Now, oh, all right, maybe they're really into Italian food, they're into Italian clothes, they love their Italian shoes, and so they like calling the Pope Bergoglio. <sighs> I don't remember the Italians going on about the pope in quite that vein, okay? Although I admit there there is a cultural thing there. No. No, I I I think we need to cop ourselves on a little bit. I really do. A Catholic does not exist in a vacuum. They got their faith from somewhere. Specifically from someone or ones. Right? And they exercise and live their faith as part of the church. So you cannot take a Catholic and divorce them from the church any more than you can take one of my fingers and divorce it from my body. You can do it, but you cannot do it while at the same time maintaining a healthy relationship between that finger and the body. And the image of the body is often used for the church. The church is the body of Christ on earth. And a body is hierarchical. You have the head and you have the members. Body is hierarchical. The church is hierarchical. What is the highest What is the highest rank in the whole church? Do you know? You're going to say, oh, the Pope. No, the highest rank in the whole church is bishop. That is the highest rank in the whole church. The bishop, the episcopus in Latin, from which we actually get the Irish word aspug for bishop, you forget there are some Latin words in Irish. The bishop is crucial. The bishop holds succession from the apostles in an unbroken line of ordination. It is absolutely crucial that you are in communion with your bishop, which involves obedience. I remember... When I was a kid, my grandparents kept going to confirmations. Before we were confirmed and long after they had anyone to be confirmed. They would go because the bishop was there doing the confirmations. And they would go to hear his sermon, to see him, to kiss the ring and hear his sermon. They didn't consider it grovelling to kiss the bishop's ring. It was a public act of communion, of fealty. It was a public demonstration of faith. They considered it uh, something to look forward to and do. They would go and they would hear his sermon because they would say, who knows if we'd be here next year. You know, they were getting old. They had a sense he was theirs. He was their bishop. The bishop is crucial. The pope, which is a word that simply comes from the Latin papa, meaning, meaning um, well, pater is father. Papa was a sort of affectionate, diminutive, like a little bit like daddy. Not quite. The pope is the bishop of Rome. Historically, scripturally, the bishop of Rome rules the Catholic Church. Cardinals are generally bishops. They don't have to be. A cardinal doesn't have to be a bishop. That's important to keep in mind. A cardinal is one of the advisors to the Pope, and generally they are bishops. A cardinal doesn't have to be a priest either, by the way, but we'll go into that another day. Some of the most famous cardinals uh, in the history of the Church, a few of them at least, were not priests. No, It's crucial to be in communion with your bishop. See, I worry about this when I hear traditional Catholics, and I don't even like that term. You're, you're you're a Catholic. You're a faithful Catholic, right? You're a faithful Catholic. But when I hear them saying that they have no time for their bishop, all right, maybe their bishop is a heretic. That's unfortunate. But more likely than not, they just don't like his style. Or perhaps they don't like his... Um, Humans, certain human foibles he has, or a combination of both. There may be a little dash of heresy thrown in, I don't know. I'd be very slow to go throwing that heresy business around. I believe there is such, of course there is such a thing as heresy, and it's alive and well in the church, but I wouldn't be using it as a billy club to wallop everybody with, with whom you don't agree, yeah? A lot of bishops in the, the modern Western church um, are probably disappointing leaders. Not all, by any means, but a lot. But in many other ways, very good people and very talented people, very good at what they do. And I think it's because we're in such a difficult time that people, when they are cheated of what, of the, uh, I suppose, intensely, demonstratively and demonstrably orthodox leadership they feel they need and they do need, they tend to round with fury on the leader, on the bishop. I think it's crucially important that we realise that we owe obedience to our bishops. And that's not grovelling. It's not kissing the proverbial. That's a beautiful thing, a noble thing, a true thing, and a life-giving thing. is your obedience to your bishop in all things proper and lawful. He can't tell you to go and commit a terrorist act. He can't tell you to do something against the law of God. But he, but he may make a decision which is within his competence and with which you don't agree. That's a different matter. And you may have to bear it. I I would just throw a few, may I throw a a few examples out to you? Padre Pio was under severe restrictions from the Vatican for years. Very unjustly and almost certainly as a result of very malicious and unfounded gossip and rumours that were fed to Pius XI against him. Pius XI was a great Pope. He responded with docility, obedience, and love, and is the great saint that we all revere. Uh, another man who is not a saint, but almost certainly will be, Don D'elinda Ruotolo, Ruotolo, from Naples, who was a co evil a contemporary of Padre Pio, uh, and whom Padre Pio, for whom Padre Pio had a huge regard. He was at least, I'd say, 19 years under really, really restrictive and punitive um, conditions laid laid upon him by the church authorities. And he bore it joyfully, peacefully, and prayerfully. This is what makes sense. A saint is hammered out on the anvil of suffering if you like, and must not budge from it or the hammer will miss. The hammer is God's will, making something beautiful of his life. I would just say to people and to myself that where you... I'm lucky. I've, I've always had fine bishops. Bishops I've great respect for and time for. I, I'm very fortunate in that. I've always been able to respect my bishops. I'm not saying that to lick up to my current bishop. Uh, well, you don't know that, though, don't, do you? But, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm just saying, look, I, I've been lucky. I've been lucky. Yeah, I have great bishops. If you're not that lucky, I'm sorry. But unless your bishop is manifestly a heretic, unless your bishop is manifestly a wicked man, you know, you can imagine... That he's, that, that's your bishop. And you have to obey him in all things lawful. And the Holy Father, even if you don't like his style and you don't like his shoes and you don't like certain decisions he makes, right? If you have a case against him, bring the case against him. If not, I'm afraid you must shut your little duckhouse and get on with it. Boo and who? There's nothing to be done about this. There's nothing to be done about this. He may well leave the track of one of his apparently objectionable shoes on your backside. You just have to live with that stuff. Right? We need to rediscover the, the sanctifying potential of hierarchy. Its tremendous capacity to bring us to God and to holiness. Even if, and sometimes particularly when, we find the wielder of that authority unconvincing or objectionable. We find the decision unacceptable or tiresome or or somehow repellent. No. If you have a case, bring a case. If not, obey. Or go. And that is the stark choice you must keep making. Follow Christ or turn your back and walk away. This isn't easy. I don't blame you for finding this hard. And there's no way to do it perfectly. I don't blame you for that either. And I'm not judging people who give out about the Pope or give out about their Bishop or whatever. I'm not judging them. I'm just saying, for God's sake, make sure that the spirit that is motivating you is not the wrong spirit. Yeah? Because God has given us this hierarchy to get us to heaven. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen.